Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. Auburn ended up playing Penn State pretty well, but not good enough to get the win. We struggled a little bit at getting the ball into the end zone and uh, ended up having a costly turnover at the second half. And uh, that ultimately resulted in Penn State jumping ahead and uh, Auburn just couldn't claw back um, from that point on. Jared, how you doing after uh, Auburn getting their first loss of the season? We're now two and two and one. Um, we lost Penn State 28 to 20. How you doing? Well, I started doing better. And right before I came down to do the podcast, my wife said, it's got to be kind of hard to do a podcast after a loss, doesn't it? And I'm like, well, well, thanks for just digging in a little <laughs> deeper. I, ha- I had gotten back to being okay, and now here we are. So, yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm, um, yeah, I'm hanging in there, man, hanging in there. Got, uh, we got, we got some good things to talk about. So, a little excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some good stuff. I mean, we saw lots of improvements. Still, lots of things to grow on. Um, we'll get into a lot of that. Uh, but Jared, I wanted to kind of get your impressions because uh, overall. Uh, I, you know, Penn State, they were kind of hyping up this whiteout. Um, what did you think of the whiteout that Penn State did? Because I think they did a pretty good job. Of, I mean, like it was definitely white everywhere except the Auburn sections, which were the upper deck kind of area. And then like very peppered in there where a handful of Auburn fans kind of buying tickets throughout regular sections. <laughs> but what did you think of their whiteout? Yeah, I man, I think, I think it's a, it was a pretty cool scene. I mean, I think during the week, you know, uh, I think some some Penn State people might have got offended, but Auburn was basically saying, hey, look, you know, that's going to be a cool scene noise-wise. We've been there, done that. So I think from a noise perspective, we have been there, done that. But, yeah, it's a cool thing to get the whole stadium. I mean, it's hard to get, you know, 10 people to do the same thing. So to get 110,000, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, good for them, exciting for them. Uh, but I think in the end of the day, you know, from a noise level perspective, I don't think that um, I, I don't I don't think that was the reason we lost. No, and I, I don't think so either. I mean, it was a cool environment. Like they, they did the oh, 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 that song like a billion times. That also got a little annoying. Um, but besides that, I, I feel like it wasn't like a competitive advantage over anything that Auburn faces. I mean, even uh, Holly Rowe and, and I saw I heard this quote from her. Um, she was asked, you know, how do you compare this to other stadiums? And she was like, meh, not as loud as LSU. And I was like, oh, that's some shade. <laughs> I mean, LSU is a you know, rocking place, uh, especially during the night, uh, any kind of nighttime games. But, yeah, I think Penn State kind of thinks, oh, this is awesome. Um, even my dad and my mom were there. I, I asked my dad about the environment. He was like, yeah, it was cool. 
like they 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 were loud but he was like not anything louder than even in jordan hair when uh you've got you know an iron bowl or we're playing georgia and jordan hair it was like it's not any louder than that um and so yeah i mean it was cool it, it looked nice it sounded good on the tv um and one of the funny things my dad did text me about he said um he said the fans were cheering at wrong times like penn state and i was, I was like what do you mean he's like yeah they just seem to be not as educated about their you know football and and how and when to cheer and so he was like yeah sometimes they would be cheering and like they weren't supposed to and my dad was like you shouldn't be doing this and i was like that's kind of weird <laughs> like um but i think that just kind of shows you how different a lot of um you know growing up in the south like you and i did like we i don't know football especially college football is kind of ingrained in us and a lot of the fan base just knows football um but i think that kind of shows you like the there's i think people still understand football at penn state it's just not as ingrained in the culture is what i was kind of reading off of that yeah i don't think i don't know if y'all mentioned it on the last podcast because i wasn't on but you know there's a clip of joe burrow i don't remember what year it might have been 08 or 18 i guess where he went to penn state and auburn in the same year Mm -hmm. and it might have been holly rose she asked him about after the auburn game the atmosphere between the two and he said oh he was talking about auburn he said oh this one was much louder he's like i couldn't even hear myself think yeah yeah so i think the players were well prepared for the loud loud uh, environment um one of the cool things that i do think that we kind of got out of this was auburn wearing a white face mask and I know a lot of players, you know, a lot of fans even were like, so what's the significance? Like, what's the point of this? Like, does it even really matter? Well, think about, you know, I'm thinking about Boise State and like, I don't think we'll ever have a blue field. I'm not saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Brian Harson coming from a place that uniforms are pretty loud and out there to a place like Auburn where it's traditional. And this is one of the first things, you know, I feel like I don't know how much influence he had, but we changed the face mask to all white. And so I think they look really slick. I mean, they looked great with our white uniforms. Um, and I really honestly hope we continue that um, even past, you know, this game, um, just kind of as a standard for away jerseys. Just my you, personal opinion. You, you know how we're so traditionalist at Auburn. My brother, who's an Auburn grad, he said if, if he changes these face masks, and does not win. He may not make it to game four. Obviously, he's joking. <laughs> yeah. But, like, to come in and change, you know, that. And the funny thing is, I was sitting with, uh, you know, my wife and mother-in-law and stuff. And they're like, oh, I didn't even notice. I had to tell them. So, it was very subtle. But for us right. to keep up with everything, it was a big deal. Yeah. I feel like any kind of change, like, oh, wow, they have these bright orange sleeves or something. You're like, yeah. That's a little different than our yeah. normal uniform. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I mean, it, you know, it's by the middle of the game, I forgot about it, but it did look good. Yeah, definitely. Um, even though we did lose to Penn State, he was, you know, a top 10 team. Uh, Auburn did not fall that far. We're still 23rd in the AP and coaches, um, only dropping a few spots in each of those polls. I'm okay with that. I think it's about right. Any kind of thoughts on should we have slipped even further after our loss? No, it was weird. There was two teams yesterday that I thought may go up in the ranking after their 
loss, and Florida was one of them. And I, I don't know where they wound up, but to me, Florida probably deserved to go up in the ranking. And I didn't think we'd go up, but you know, if you're sitting there really thinking this thing through, you're like, we don't know who Auburn is. We have no clue. We ranked them because they blew out two opponents, and then they went <laughs> on the road and played a top ten team in a hostile environment, and were you know a fourth and two. They were two yards away from possibly tying the game up. So to me, that almost solidified. Okay. They're probably top 25 right now, um, which I thought might even lead to even – I didn't expect it to be bumped up, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised if we went from 22 to 21 because uh, there's really some bad teams out there that have been ranked yeah. that didn't have good weekends either. So, yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's fair. Um, 23, yeah. Um, we got a lot of work to do, but there's not a lot of good football teams out there right now. So, we probably are number 23. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, there, there's enough – uh, bad teams ahead of us. It, we could have potentially even a loss. Yeah, it was a one-score loss. I mean, I, I think, like you said, if it came down to it, you know, a couple of things go our way. For example, uh, we can go into more depth on this later, but, you know, the play right out of the, the half, and we fumble the ball, which a few plays later, Penn State scores. You, you have plays like that that we don't fumble, and instead even just don't fumble. Like, I don't care. Like, even if we have to punt that drive, I still think we we keep the game a lot closer and potentially win it at the end. So it's, it, that's one of those things where it's this fine line uh, when you're playing a really good team that those key plays are de- pretty much determine the game. And if you execute and the ball you know rolls the right way for a fumble or whatever – that's the determination of who wins. Um, but yeah, a lot of that is set up by, you know, players digging in deep and winning the line of the scrimmage. And those plays are important, but a lot of times it, it seems like it kind of comes down to, all right, you know, the guy fumbled it and it ended up going to the Penn State player. And you're like, yeah, like that, that really hurts your momentum. And Penn State scores the next few plays. So like, those are the tough ones that, it just, it hurts. Um, and and I'll, I'll say this, like, it still hurts a little bit to lose to Penn State when we're so close to beating them. Um, and I, I think we had a chance. I mean, I, I legitimately do, um, which I think that kind of shows and we didn't drop that far in the rankings either. Um, we're holding our own. Um, but I did also want to talk about something again, kind of overall, the, the, particularly on offense with play calling, because I feel like that gets critiqued a lot of times. Gus got critiqued for it. All like most offensive coordinators get critiqued for it, but I saw a lot of conversation about play calling um, this game for Auburn. What did you think of the play calling and uh, how we kind of managed the game on offense? I I mean, you look, I'm not the one watching film up to the game. So I assume these guys are making the best decisions they can, but if it were me, uh, both through 37 times, I would never have – to me, a benchmark for Bo would be if you're throwing like 30 times on the road, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the in the first half, um, Tank and Hunter had 11 carries total. I think Tank had eight and Hunter had three. That's not enough for me. Like the, the drive after we uh, came out of half and fumbled and they scored and we went down 21 to 10, uh, that's the drive we should have had you know, from quarter one, like we just pounded the ball. Right. And dared them to stop it. And they really couldn't. And to be honest with you, 
with the receiving schemes we have now and really the more about what our receivers are built like, like more like possession receivers, uh, you know, I think it run it, run it. And if you have to get a four yard pass to keep a drive alive, Bo's been able to do that this year and he did it last night too. So oh, yeah. like, I know that it might go to third down, but it's third and three. You have a lot of options there. We had 17 third downs. That's a lot, but we converted on 10, I think. So, you know, that's pretty good. Um, that's who we are right now. I think. I think we are run the ball forty times plus, and we when we get Shivers back, I think we could do it now twenty and twenty. But we get Shivers back, I mean, they could run the ball even more. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the. I mean, everybody that. I mean, everybody on Twitter, everybody that I was seeing on forums and stuff, they were just like, "All right, why are we not running the ball that much when it's being productive?" in the first half. And I, I thought the same thing. Um, and I, I'm glad they changed it in the second half. I mean, that's how we got our scoring drive in the second half was we ran the ball, I think eight plays out of the, it was like 15 plays or something. And most of those were done by tank tank, just manned up like tank does and rolled over some guys. And, and that's where you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking kind of like you are about, where, uh, this identity of this offense is, I think, run, but yet we still threw 37 times. And and I'm thinking, that's a lot of times to pass the ball. And especially with young wide receivers, there were some mistakes there with both throwing short, throwing long, uh, and just like miscommunications that went on. And that's going to happen. But yet, I'm, I'm thinking, why not? just sometimes just get three or four yards, which I think pretty much any time you hand the ball off the tank, if he doesn't get hit behind the line of scrimmage, he's going to get three or four yards. And if not a lot more, I mean, he's just that type of running back. Um, so like, why not go to that a little bit? And that's where maybe I'm, uh, I'm hoping in bigger games coming up, you know, against LSU and Georgia, like these coming games, I hope we rely a little, little bit more on them um, and like you said, if Shiras comes back soon, like as we expect him to, I I think we're in a good spot where we can rely on the three-headed beast of uh, Shivers, Tank, and uh, George, uh, and Hunter. So it's like th- this could be a really cool way to just keep our offense going. Um, I also wanted to talk, kind of talk about one of the things that um, the officiating man, like – Holy crap. Like this was a bad officiated game. I, I, I say that from an Auburn perspective, but also from looking at it from a Penn State perspective too. Like there were some bad plays on both sides or bad calls on both sides. And I mean, for goodness sakes, like you got the down wrong for Penn State. I mean, yeah, that benefited Auburn, but like that is bad. And like SEC officiating should be very upset with itself for just pretty much doing that. And, and we'll get into during our next podcast, but the Mississippi State mishandling of that punt return, like that was bad. Like SEC officiating right now is just, I mean. You, you say bad. they should be mad at themselves. That probably gets them a raise. I mean, <laughs> there's only, I mean, it, it can only go on so long before you just assume they're okay with it. I mean, that's, I mean. <clears throat> oh, man. Listen, I'm an Auburn fan. But you can't get the downs wrong. I knew it. Everybody I was sitting with knew it. It's like it's not fourth down. And yeah. um, 
the funny thing was to me, James Franklin, he got upset after the fact. He immediately sent his punk, he told his guys to come off and send his punk crew on. And mm-hmm. then later, I think somebody told him. And so he got irate. But he even thought it was, I'm like, what are that? When he sent the punk wow. crew, I was, like, I was like, what is he doing? Because I was thinking, yeah. I'm like, that's, I started doing the math in my head. I'm like, that's not fourth down. But yeah, that's bad. And then the yeah. targeting on, I mean, I yeah. don't know. I'll be honest with you. I At this very point, if I was Zacoby's coach, I would say do the exact same thing next time. I don't know what you're supposed to do. The guy's reaching for the goal line. Yeah, and there's so many uh, people. I mean, I think Tim Tebow jumped in there and said, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you do? And and look, there's that. Okay, so I think back to when we originally got the targeting, you know, implemented in college football. I think it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But I think that was for – if I remember back, targeting was for, more for spearing a guy with the crown of the helmet. So like launching yourself, taking out the dude's head, that is not okay. But this was the guy's momentum was pushing towards the end zone. All he has to do is reach out his arms. And if Zacoby doesn't hit him, touchdown automatically. And so it's like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Like he's coming in. And like, you can't, like, I don't know. Like you can't do anything. Like this is, I don't know. You either this call is the where play dead, you call the play dead when he's, when his hand hits the ground mm-hmm. because he's defenseless, you either call it dead or you let them play defense. You can't have it both ways. What they were, what they're yeah. basically saying is Kobe, here's the deal Kobe. You can like kind of stand there, just stand up straight and hopefully you block him, um, but you can't try to tackle him. Yeah. And the dude's trying to reach for the goal line. And right. to me, there has to be two tiers of targeting. Like, if you want to th- – whatever. If you want to call it a penalty, it's still a silly penalty, but it was an extra yard they got off of that. But for him to be ejected is just insane. And yeah. I've said the same thing. There's been Georgia players. Alabama doesn't get penalties called on them, so I've never seen that called on <laughs> them. But I've seen Georgia players get targeted, and I don't like Georgia. And I'm like, that guy should not be ejected. It was not – there's got to be intent there. Right. So I'm trying to be fair. Like, I'm not just because it's Auburn. Like, anybody that would have done that same play, even Herb Street, and it was a very biased Penn State uh, uh, play-by-play, in my opinion. Uh, even Herb Street was like, that's a terrible call. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think one of the things that kind of irks me and irks a lot of players is if you commit a penalty in that game, you should be punished for it like that. Okay, fine with that. But leading into the next half of the next game, how? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why Why does it need to affect the player for the next half? Like, it should affect them for that half and then that be it. Like, why, why does it need – and that feels like an arbitrary thing that we've just kind of put up with in a way in college football. Oh, cool. Yeah, he should be punished if it happens the second half and then, like, the first half of the next game. Like, but – it's, I mean, like, really, in reality, why is he getting punished for the next game? He shouldn't be. He should, really shouldn't. Here, I'm thinking of this on the fly. Here's what, to me, it should go to. If you get two targetings in one game, fine. Eject them. Done, you yeah. Get, or if there's intent. I mean, I've seen some hits even this year where it's like, yeah, all right, yeah. that guy was really trying to hurt him. Right. So, if you get – but let's say you get two targetings. All right, you're out. Uh, let's say if you get five targetings in a year, you sit out a game. Like a game. I mean, if you're, like, if you're a continuous offender, we'll sure. punish you. But 
you're right. For a guy who is playing smart, he didn't even try to go with his hand. He literally tried to do what you're – he went with his he shoulder. He went with his shoulder, yeah. He went with his shoulder. He did everything you told him to do. But because you're calling this guy defenseless, who's still trying to get forward progress and score a touchdown, I just don't get it, man. Yeah, that that still gets me irked. And it probably will get me irked again in the coming games when another targeting call is called on an Auburn player. But as is life, we got to move on. And yeah. I don't think that ultimately – killed auburn i don't think it did and i don't think it, that lost us the game either no you know, i don't need think it, it did. i mean like Jacoby's impactful from the linebacker perspective but i don't think he you know him being ejected lost us the game for yeah i think they score from right there anyways whether it's a goby or not but yeah it just shows how bad the rule is hey auburn fans i want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. All right. I kind of want to talk about, you know, some things to improve on just overall before we jump into specifics about, you know, d- different players. But Jared, I want to kind of talk about, you know, what did you see that we need to improve on this uh, after playing a tough team like Penn State, top 10 opponent? What are some things you, you wanted this Auburn team now to move forward, especially since we're about to jump into some SEC play after we play Georgia State next week? What do you, what do you think we need to improve on? Yeah, I mean, I was hoping we were a little further. It's kind of weird. I'm like, oh, I think we are farther along than we were last year, but I was hoping we were even further along. Um, for example, I thought Bo Nix is an entirely different quarterback, but the numbers don't show that. But mm. if you look at his demeanor, he stayed in the pocket. He didn't get rattled. He, the the rush did not affect him as far as staying there. I think yeah. his timing was still off a little bit. Um, but I, I look at him and I'm like, you can see he's being coached. And I think five more games in is is that he's going to be a lot better but the numbers don't show it yet but he did look totally different we still got to work on that uh receivers we got to have a game changer and i don't know what who's going to be that guy i thought robertson was but he was quiet and he missed a very crucial catch i know he got popped but game changers make those catches Mm -hmm. um kobe actually probably looked more like the guy yesterday even minus the minus the fumble i thought kobe looked well really good but real quick just so i can let you talk Biggest thing is we got to get that secondary and defensive line pass rush. Run run defense is fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Penn State averaged 2.5 yards. They didn't even get 100 yards rushing. Um, they were talking about, oh, Penn State averaged third down play was third and three. I'm like, good, because they were trying to run for it and couldn't get it. Um, I, we got it, no pressure. I thought Mason waited too long to bring help. Secondary, I have no idea what's going on with the secondary. I mean, I thought that was going to be the strength of our defense, and they are struggling. They're get, you, Going into that game, 70% completion against us by quarterbacks, and Clifford had 88% completion. 88%. That's – that that shows you two things. The secondary had a lot of holes, and secondly, the pass rush wasn't there. And it was pretty evident for most of the game that we weren't getting pressure on the quarterback. Because I mean, yeah, we had one good hit um, that resulted in the interception right before half, but that was about it. Like there wasn't much, you know, getting to the quarterback, rattling him, and there were so many times where Clifford was able to just sit in the pocket. Like you can't have that. And no wonder they were, you know, just dropping dimes on us, wait until the guy gets open. And you're like, you got to get to the, you got to get to him. Like send some blitzes, something. I don't know. Like there's got to be some change there. And uh, if we're going to survive the sec, we're going to have to get to the quarterback. Um, and we got to do it a lot better than we did against Penn state. Um, something else I, I definitely want to see improved on is offensive line. Um, I think the run blocking was good. Pass blocking did get better, but there were still times where, man, like Bo had to juke some guys, and thankfully Bo's agile enough to do that. You don't want to put your quarterback in that kind of situation that often. So I, there's got to be some improvement offensive line for that. Um, thankfully, I don't think – Jared, can you think? Of, I don't think there was any sacks on Bo. Is that accurate? No, there was zero sacks. So I think there. I think we look at this two ways. Number one, um, for us, it was an improvement, no sacks, and a, and Bo probably had time to go to two reads. But to get to the level we think we need to be at, we need to be giving Bo time to get to his third and fourth read. Yeah, and you know, give him credit because last year we couldn't even get to read two. <laughs> but hey, right. um, you know, so there is improvement. I mean, I, if you want to optimism but no our our past blocking is not good enough to go on the road and win it's not good enough to go on the road and win right now yeah I I really that's that's so tough like yeah I don't think we're at the spot where we can consistently go on the road and win um in the SEC and we're about to have to do that um but I do think in a couple games you know, we might be able to, we we've got to improve on offensive line, particularly, um, and not have, you know, when the loud, loud crowds out there of, you know, in Baton Rouge, for example, we can't have some, you know, silly plays where the offensive line just, just jumps off sides. Um, you gotta be disciplined. Um, let's also talk about one of the things we kind of hit on a little bit is wide receivers and tight ends. Um, what did you kind of think of how we did attack um, with our various wide receivers and tight ends this game? I just feel like the past game was helter-skelter. Like, I didn't feel like we had any rhythm there. And I feel like the times that they were kind of open, Bo overthrew them. And then I felt like most of the time, though, the receivers just couldn't get separation or they slipped. Like, I think Shed fell down. He yeah. tripped over himself. Um, you know, Robertson could even find the ball on one of them. I think it might have been out of bounds, but like to yeah. not even locate the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I was really disappointed with the wide receiver group. I think uh, uh, Schenker for the tight end, I mean, the dude's a baller. And yeah. honestly, I mean, he gave up his life to try to get in the end zone because he was going up against two dudes and he, he dove. I mean, he tried. He tried. Um, so I think we got to probably utilize him a little more, maybe even find a little more athletic tight end to bring in as well. I, I love Shanker, but he's such good hands. But, you know, they were – Penn State was hitting seam routes on us with, with tight ends that, you know, had a little more athleticism. Yeah. Like, I think we may have to go to that. Like, we are going to be a run-heavy offense working off a of play action. And right now, our wide receivers, we just don't have consistency. So you got to find something. Yeah, yeah. And and particularly with Shinker, I mean, he, I feel like, is kind of our five to seven yard first down. Like, we need that. And he was still kind of that. But, yeah, this game, he had a couple, like, longer passes that he can, he, he caught. One of them was 23 yards. And I, I, I'm glad he's getting down the field because the dude has some hands. And why not, you know, use him when other wide receivers are kind of struggling? He's, um, he was the bright spot to me of the – Hudson had 50 yards receiving, but he, uh, to me, Shanker was the bright spot of, of the passing game. Yeah. So I wanted to throw a fun stat out here, and this is from Justin Ferguson. I saw him tweet this. So right now, Shanker, he's our tight end, has 11 catches through three games. This is a crazy stat, but that's the most from a tight end at Auburn since 2014. Who was our tight end in 2014 that did that? And that was throughout the whole season. Like I'm going to go Lutz and Kirkin. Uh, he was a little bit before that. Lutz was before that. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, tight end, tight end in 2014. I think, I think he's still in the in the NFL. If that helps. I think he's yeah. yeah oh he's, oh, uh, TJ. Yeah, uh, CJ Uzama. Yeah, yeah. CJ Uzama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uzama. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had 11. Think about that. We're only three games into the season. We still have nine games left in the regular season. Shinker could, what is it? Oh, he's going to blow that Like open. 40? He's yeah, on pace he's, to get 40? I don't Yeah, I expect that to continue. I expect him to be probably get five catches a game. I mean, I think yeah. he's going to blow that open. And I want to get real quick. Uh, I know I, 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 I want to say this reminded me. Bobo and them getting him involved is great. I want to give Bobo and them credit. I was dogging the play calling. But after the 21 to 10, they could have panicked and said, we got to go straight past. They mm-hmm. did not. They went back to what was wor- what they know they are, the run offense. So I want to give them credit on that. I, I dogged them earlier. Um, but give them credit for hitting the tight end. Give them credit for not panicking and and really going back to the run in the third quarter that, that got us back in the game. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I did want to also shout out from the wide receiver core, Kobe Hudson. The dude this game, I I didn't think he would be this consistent. Yeah, he still, you know, I think he dropped at least one. Um, and then he also had that fumble. Um, but that's just a trick play. Like, I give him a little grace on that. Um, but I think for the most part, even after the fumble, like, he came back and Bobo and Harson were like, we're going to keep them involved. And that's such a smart thing to do. Like, give him the ball and let him help the team because, like, that's what he wants to do after he messes up. And I, I'm, I think he played great besides that fumble. So glad to see him uh, kind of, you know, keep moving forward. Um, and I expect him, you know, when guys like Demetrius Robertson kind of uh, don't have their best games, you know, Hudson to step up there. 
Um, I don't I still don't think we have our you know dominant number one wide receiver yet, but I think we're kind of you know a few guys are bubbling up, and Kobe I think is one of those guys. All right, Jared, I want to talk about defense a little bit. I think we we have a little bit more room to improve. I, I think a little bit more than I thought we did coming into this game. We allowed 391 total yards. I think the good thing was we were able to stop them in the run game, keeping them at 94 yards, so under 100 yards, and they average under three yards per carry, which that's fantastic. Good to see when we face teams that like to run the ball that we have coming up on our schedule. I think we, we have that kind of you know, locked down. Now, I think the big place for improvement is we allowed over 300 yards of passing. And I think a lot of that was our secondary let a lot of guys kind of run free. Our secondary was playing, you know, I know under Derek Mason, we play a little bit more zone than we did under Kevin Steele, but there's got to be a little bit tighter, especially on, you know, the top guys that you know are going to be targets. You got to put a guy on them. So I think that's a big place for improvement is our secondary. If we can lock that down, and improve on that, which I think we have the talent to. I mean, I legitimately think we do. If we can do that, I think we we have a much better chance at beating a team that's going to pass the ball a lot, which I'm thinking about like Mississippi State, you know, an air raid type, deep, air raid type offense. Um, Jared, what did you kind of think about this defense that uh, we got to see for Auburn against Penn State? Yeah, I'll- I, I was surprised. Um, I don't under. I I really don't understand how um, everybody knew who number five was, and and I just don't know how you <laughs> let him run so free. Right. Um, I mean, and we had tight. I, I mentioned it earlier. They had some tight end seam routes that were just wide open. Um, so we just had miscommunication, which to me makes me think new scheme miscommunication. People are not totally. And, and there, I think it is a little more complex scheme. I think it's more the receiver has to like kind of be look or the db has to be looking at what the receiver is doing and then he he either lets him go or stays with him yeah and they may have to simplify this thing i don't know um i think you may go more man simplify it right now keep working on the other in practice because it was not good i mean the run run defense was fantastic but to give up mm-hmm. 302 passing yards and we're in a league where everybody in the west has a quarterback some of them have heisman contending quarterbacks <laughs> yeah so i mean we're gonna have to really figure that out um because we don't play a lot of teams that like to run first. If we did, I'd feel totally – I think Arkansas we can handle because they run a lot. Yeah. Um, other than that, we're going to have our hands full if we don't get that figured out. Yeah, I think so. I think that will be something – I think our coaches – I mean, they've got to see it. If we see it, I'm, I'm sure the coaches see it. Um, but I think along with that, we hit on it as a little bit. We need the D-line to step up, get pressure. And uh, when, when you got a quarterback completing almost 90% of his passes, like – you know you're not getting enough pressure on them. So definitely something we need to uh, to get uh, a lot better at, and uh, especially in particular key times when it's you know third and long, it's obvious passing downs. Like we need to get to the quarterback and uh, you know make him a little uncomfortable. Um, I did want to shout out Chandler Wooten. He was our uh, career. Uh, well, he, he had the most tackles for this game, and that was his career-high 10 tackles. Um, he had an incredible um, tackle. I think it was third and goal, I think, or like third and one or something. And if he doesn't tackle the guy, 
on third and one, it, Penn State drives down the field and continues their drive. So I, I feel like Chandler stepped in there, made some huge plays. Um, and so I, I'm super glad that he, he decided to come back for this season. Um, I've been watching his uh, mom's pretty uh, active on Twitter, and uh, she was super excited. She was there at the game. Love seeing her son just excel and uh, do so well in this game. So definitely want to shout uh, Chandler Wooden uh, for this game. Um, another guy I wanted to shout out was uh, my guy, Roger McCreary. Um, I feel like he did pretty good. He even had one uh, interception this game. Um and that interception was uh, right before half. And I feel like kind of started to swing Auburn's uh, momentum a little bit towards you know, back to Auburn because Penn State had it for pretty much the whole second quarter. At least it felt like it. Um, any other comments about uh, defense this, for this game, uh, Jared? No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess if I want to be positive, our run defense looked fantastic. And honestly, you know, if they don't get that pass interference, which I thought was a suspect call on, you know, with three minutes left in the game, um, we probably have them punting out of their end zone. Yeah. And that may be a different ending to that game. Um, or, or that could have been a safety. Could have been could a safety. Have been either way. And he did get the – I think all you got to do is get the nose of the ball to the line. I think yes. it was probably the right call there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they had to run it again, who knows? So it, it would, uh, but all in all, we do have to shore up the secondary. If we get that shored up a little bit, um, even with lack of pressure, we just need to be like, we know what we're doing in the secondary and we'll slow teams down a little more. Yeah. I think that's the key. And I think that's where you start. Um, because I, I don't know if guys like T.D. Moultrie and Eku Leota or anybody that's, you know, rushing the quarterback on a consistent basis is going to get that pressure, at least not right now. But I think the thing we can improve on and do better at immediately is shoring up the secondary. So definitely want to see that get improved. One of the last things, Jared, I want to talk about is uh, special teams. So there were there were some uh, pretty good play from special teams this game. Um, Anders was two for two, both field goals. He kicked a 45 yarder and a 43 yarder were both good. It uh, he's just so consistent from 40 to 50 yards that, I mean, he just looks so good. Um, Jared, any other kind of thoughts about special teams and how they look this game? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I was super impressed with Oscar. Um, we've had, we've not had a guy that can flip the field really uh, in my opinion, uh, consistently in a while. So him booming the way he was, was exciting. And then, you know, Carlson's, uh, you know, I mean, he is what he is. I mean, he's just automatic. So, uh, you know, those guys you can count on Well, Oscar, hopefully you can now count on to flip the, flip the field. And, right. you know, if we can get our defense shored up, that'll be, uh, that'll be huge. Yeah. And Oscar was actually averaging almost 50 yards a punt. It was 48.5 yards per punt which in previous, you know, last year, he was uh, sometimes struggling um, to get consistent punts. And this this time he was doing his job and doing it well. Um, and I can't remember. If, I don't think there were really any big returns from Penn State. So Oscar did his job, flipped the field when he needed to. Um, not ideal when we have to punt a lot, but when we, when we do, I am glad to know we have Oscar to – um, flip the field a little bit. Uh, 
Um, Jared, any kind of other thoughts about uh, this game before we get out of here? No, it's just a weird feeling because I feel like I feel like we improved. However, I saw a lot of things that disappointed me. So I felt like we could have won the game, and it kind of hurt that we didn't. And we know what's up ahead <laughs> with our yeah. schedule. But at the end of the day, uh, I'll say this: at the end of the day, I think it was a really big deal that that Bo stayed in the pocket and looked totally different than last year, Bo. I think that gives us yes. something to work with. No doubt. And, and I think if we shore up a couple of the things we've talked about, like the particularly like secondary, if we can shore up that and if we can get even, you know, every once in a while, some pressure on the quarterback and you get some, you know, a little bit more consistent wide receiver play, I think we get, we, we could potentially have nine wins this, this season. Like, I think it's still in the realm of possibility. Um, now, if we don't, I think we struggle and we might end up having a six and six or seven and five season. And I don't think that's terrible, especially considering Harson, this is his first year and it's a new staff. Like uh, we even coming into the season, I mean, like you, you almost have to set your expectations that this is a new staff and they're trying to instill their play style. And that's still happening. There's a lot of that still happening. Um, we're only three games into the season. I think there's still a lot of things to improve on, and I think we we can do it. I think the coaches are ready, and the players are hungry still to go improve and uh, do better uh, moving forward. Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, If it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.